0: Ah, let us bow. Dear God in heaven, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to cover. This is going to be like an hour sermon. But no, hold up, don't leave. Hold up. We're going to cut it down to two minutes. Who said amen? Amen. <laughs> Tim, Tim said, It wasn't me, he was. No matter what I say, Michael say That was the best sermon you preached. <laughs> if you will look at Psalm 100, uh, we will be bouncing around, Keith, uh, different ones. We're going to use some of the Quran and some other. Th- no, I was joking. Some of y'all say, like, Well, what church are we visiting? <laughs> Psalm 100, uh, uh, the three points that I want to look at briefly today is, first of all, who and what is God? We're going to look at from the perspective of who God is and what he is. He's ruler. Uh, and then we will look at what has God done for us? Uh, that's in the person of Jesus Christ. And then finally, we'll look at what are we doing for him? And in my notes, I have church and question mark. You see, I'm good, I'm good. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Now, know that the Lord is God now? Why is that important? Because sometimes when things go awry, we tend to forget that. Uh, well, we have this feeling like, Come on, God, you know, uh, uh, if we allow things to happen long enough where it becomes normal, our norm, uh, 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 we have to be careful about our culture because that becomes our norm, and when it becomes normal. Then we start allowing everything to come in, and we say, God, you have to bend to our rules. I've read to where it's this person who, uh, and the only reason why I read about because they're a famous person, but they have a child who was a, a boy, and this boy's seven years old, and this boy came to his parent and said, I want to be a woman, a girl now, so refer to me as she. And they said, Well, all right. You see, when God is not God in the home, then any and everything will become your God. The reason why that's important is to understand that God is God and God alone is God. No matter what God has said, God has set it to where God is God, no matter what. And I like what a preacher said about God. He said, uh, God has made Jesus so fanatical that you either believe him or you think he's crazy. He is God and he makes no mistakes or no excuses. He is God and God alone. And if we forget that, then we'll be like those in Romans the first chapter who lied to ourselves about the truth. And the Bible said, I'll turn you over to a mind of destruction to where you start believing and doing and accepting all kinds of things. Even in our religion, This That's why we have to be careful what we preach because we have to preach what the Bible says and what the Bible alone says not what I feel, not what I heard, not what I like, not what I want to accept, not what's not stepping on my toes because, you know, I can easily preach against your sin and skip over mine real easy. I'm a preacher and I sin and my sins are sins just like yours. And God doesn't undo, (laughs) he doesn't uh, excuse mine. They still sin. Why? Because he is God and he alone is God. So we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. In Genesis 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God did that, not me. I'm not old enough to, to claim that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not powerful enough. So therefore, since God did it, he must be ruler. He must be the one who is God over everything. So therefore, when I come to things, I need to lean on God and not me. I need to have God on the throne and not my possessions, not my job, not my spouse, not my family, not my choices. But God and God alone. He is God. And that's important, especially when it comes to religion, because we have a lot of teachings in religion, the Bible says, for many false prophets have gone into the world, and a lot of people pick a church and a religion based on how it makes them feel, or how comfortable they are with it, but we have to go back, and that's again why we preach here, we don't, we're not trying to get you to join us, we're trying to get you to be obedient to Christ, And let him put you, you know, where he wants to put you. But we want you to follow God and God alone. So what we preach here is God's word, not Larry's word, not the church's word, not the elders' word, but God and God alone, his word. Because Jesus uh, was speaking, and he began to speak, and when he spoke, people began to walk away from him. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, will you also leave me? What did Peter say? Where else can we go? There's no one else who has the words of eternal life. You, God, are God alone, not me. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And because he's God, he is the great provider. In Genesis chapter 22, you remember the story where God uh, uh, walked Moses up the mountain. I mean, what's, uh, what's his name? Uh, with the boy. Abraham. Abraham. <laughs> he walked Abraham up the mountain. He said, Abraham, take him up there. That boy I gave you. He said, take him up there and sacrifice him to me. And uh, uh, Abraham walked uh, little, uh, <laughs> I'm about to say Elisha. <laughs> walked little Isaac up the mountain. Isaac, I don't know how little he was. I don't know how, some people say he was almost 33 years old. Just different, different commentary. But he walked up there and he was about ready to sacrifice him. And Bible says, um, uh, uh, no, uh, Abraham, hold your hand. For there's a ram in the bush. And then uh, uh, Abraham went back down from the mountain. He says, Jehovah Jireh, God provides. It is by God's provision, not my own, but by God's provision. Why? Because He's God. I, I tell people who need medication. You take all the medication, and I tell Christians, don't bar back from taking medication. Don't act like, oh, that's a sin. No, it's not. God blessed man to to deal with medicine so that you could get better. Don't fall back from it, but every time you take it, say a prayer. Why? Because it's not that pill that's going to help you. It's God working in that pill. You understand? Every time you got to go to therapy and counseling, go to all the therapy you need. Go to the counseling you need. But when you go, go with God and let God counsel you. God is in everything that a Christian needs. Why? Because he's God. Uh, it is he who made us, not we ourselves. He provides. He is in, in Genesis, uh, excuse me, in Exodus 17, he is our banner. Uh, uh, Moses and, and the children of Israel, uh, uh, they were in a battle against the Amalekites. And and, and, uh, Moses had his rod, and every time he held his rod up, Israelites would win. But when his arm got tired, he put it down, then Amalekites would start winning. And then he got a rock. They put his hand on a rock and held his hand up. And so he held it up all night, and they beat the Amalekites. And that's when Moses said. uh, Jehovah Nisi, God is my banner. Under God, that's where I stand. Why? Because he's God. It's not my strength. You know, I, I do this thing with my children. I call books. When they get to acting up and, and they need the discipline, I said, get the books. They told you about that? Get the books. And they hold books out right here. And I said, hold them. And I sat there in front of my belt. Call the woman. Call the people if you want to. i got to raise my kids the way I want to. <laughs> and I have my belt right there. And, they, and at first, I mean, when I was a kid, I did the same thing. That's where I got it from. I was in third grade. I was a uh, Big mouth kid playing around. Teacher put me in the back, hold the books. I was sitting back there. Yeah. First 30 seconds. 31, my hands start going. <laughs> uh, 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 but uh, not in my strength. I can't hold that up. Moses' arm got tired. But it was God's banner that held him up. Why? Because God is God all by himself. God don't need a pill to get you better. Take your pills. God don't need therapy to get you better. Go to therapy. But God is the power of all of it. You don't believe me? Ask your spouse who's holding you together. I told her all the time, I'm so glad God has blinded my wife. There's a lot of stuff God had to blind her from me in order to get her to say, yes, I will. You know, it is not I who holds all this. Since I've been, when I first married my wife, I had a little washboard stomach. Now it's swollen. But God is keeping it together with this belt. (laughs) And it's God to keep all that stuff together. It is God, and that's why we lean on him. Why? Because he is God all by himself. And being God all by himself, he is not only the provider. Not only is he uh, uh, the king, but he is, what he said, he is Jehovah the healer. Uh, uh, The children of Israel came by, and, and God had plagued the people around him. God said, I will not plague them, I will not plague you with the plague I gave to them. Behold, I am Jehovah, your healer. Whenever you are sick in a relationship that you don't know how to fix, God is your healer. There's some sicknesses. I don't care how much money you have will never take care of your sickness. There's some situations that you get caught up in and sometimes you led your own self there. When people told you not to go, you still walked on, but God still is a healer of those who are sick in the mind. God is the healer because he is God all by himself. And that's the power we walk on, church, and that's what I do not like for Christians to try to walk around on the earth and placate to a society that knows not God. I don't like for Christians to walk around and try to apologize for God's word. Oh, you mean to tell me you can't do this? Well, well, you know the Bible. Well, sometimes, no, that's not a Christian. We stand strong on God's word. Why? Because it's God, and he is God all by himself. He don't need to explain or apologize to you. He is God all by himself. So we stand on that power. And being God all by himself, what has he done? John 3.16, the Bible says what? For God so he loves you. I don't care what you look like, who you are, what you've done in the past, present, in your future. God loves you. I don't care if you are an atheist and you went spit fire to every believer in the world. God loves you. Isn't that something? For God so loved the world. And who's in the world? It's a bunch of bad folks in the world. Sit down. It's a bunch of bad folks in the world. It's a bunch of bad folks in the world. And God loves every single one of them. He loves them. For God so... But God so loved the world that he blessed us with his love of his son. It is Jesus who came down on this earth. And y'all, we have to remember something. Jesus is completely God, yet completely human. And here's the magnificent thing about Jesus. He did all that wonderful stuff in a human body. In other words, Jesus, and we got to remember this, Jesus could have sinned. Jesus could have chose not to go to the cross. He had that option. You got to remember that. We think, all oh, just had to happen. Well, it had to happen from the point of view of what we understand now. But at that moment, Jesus could have said, no, forget it. As a matter of fact, he tried to get out of it, remember? He was in the garden. He took his apostles with him. Then he took Peter, James, and John, a little father. Then he said, y'all stay here and watch. Then he went by himself. He said, Daddy, can we redo this plan? Went back three times trying to get out of it. But he chose to stay. You see, when we take Jesus out of the human part, then we lose the connection of the emotion. See, there's a lot of people who sin, who think, when I sin, it really doesn't affect Jesus and God. He's going to forgive me anyway. But you've got to remember, you go back to the Old Testament and read how the children of Israel hurt God, and it made God miserable. See, when you think God is just, this God away, and he just forgives, and uh, you've got to remember, he ma- we made in his image and his likeness. If you have emotions, they're because they came from him. And you cannot sin, and it does not bother God. That's the problem. A lot of Christians think, well, I could just sin, 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 and just ask for forgiveness. No, God came down in the flesh, Son in the flesh, and he put on human dirt, a dirt body, and he took on our emotions. So when he hurt, he hurt. When he was angry, he was angry. His emotions affect him just like it affects you. And when you go do God wrong, it hurts. You can't just sit there and act like, okay, it's God. He'll forgive me. La, 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 la. He'll forgive me. He'll forgive me. You got the wrong understanding of how this stuff works. You can affect God. When you sneak out by yourself and do your little secret stuff, God is watching and he is hurting when he sees you just specially willfully sinning. Yet, in all of that, he said, I'll take you, I'll forgive you. That's what he's done for us. He sent his son to live a perfect, sinless life, and Jesus did in a body. In a body, and he did it why because he knew about you. I say this all the time Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago just to save a boy. 2,000 years later. You got to take this stuff personal. If you don't take it personal, what are you taking it? It's not a group thing. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven. for you are the body of Christ and members in particular. God is calling you. He's talking to you. And every time we sit here and just sin, we're just punching. It's like the Bible says, when we willfully sin, the Bible says it's like we crucifying him anew on the cross. Like every time you sin, just willfully, it's like you taking a hand and putting that nail in Jesus' hand and in his feet and in his side. And we dare, why I got to do this? God is a wonderful God. That's why. That's what he's done for us because of love. That's what he's done. And he knows our heart. He knows when we're just doing just enough. And he still says, I'll take you. Aren't you so glad we don't have a just enough God? What if God gave you just enough on everything? Just enough air. Just enough. What happened if God treated us the way we treat him? How how many of us would be in trouble? I would be in big trouble. God treated me the way I treated him. Ooh. I'm gonna give him just enough. I'm gonna give him just enough to say so I can make myself feel good. God came down on this earth, Jesus in the flesh. That's what he's done for us. Now the question is, it's the last question, what are you going to do for him? Knowing that he is God and he is God alone. Knowing that he sent his son for you and I. Knowing that, now what you going to do? Are you going to keep your same prideful ways? You know, because we can sit here and, you know, amen, all the sermons and stuff, but truly deep down, what are you going to do? Because again, I told you, Jesus Christ die down the cross just for you to come into this church and listen to a sermon and hear some songs and take some uh, wine and bread. He died that you may have life. And the reality is, God is saying, "I want a relationship." I remember uh, we got in California, uh, we got to this place of horses, and there's one horse Trisha would ride. And she would ride, and the horse would come up, and she'd be like, "Huh, get back!" And the horse still be coming, but he's, you know, trying to, you know, I just want to get closer. And I sometimes picture God like that. Sometimes we're like, "Oh God, get away! I don't want you to see this." And God is still, like, what? But I just, I just, I, I just want to hold you. I just want to hold you. That's all he wants—is just to get close. He just want to get close. Now, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to keep on pushing them away and giving them just enough? Why? Because nobody said anything. I'm going to keep on doing. I'm just going to do enough. Why? Until somebody says something, we've been there. <laughs> I'll do enough, but if somebody say something, then I'll pick it up until they stop saying it again, then I just go and do enough again. God knows your heart. And even in that, God is saying, I still love you. God we serve, what a wonderful God we serve, and he knows our intentions, so now what's the question is, what are you going to do, are you going to stay where you are, smile and amen, 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 and then go back to being the same person you are, are you going to do like Paul, he says, I am ever reaching for a mark of a higher call. I keep on checking. Paul said, I beat my body into shape that I may win the prize. In other words, the Christian walk is an uncomfortable walk. Why? Because you are constantly beating yourself into shape for Christ. You are constantly fighting spiritual battles on the inside. Why? Because you know Satan is in there telling you, "Don't you know, you don't have to do that. Oh, it's okay. You can stop. Oh, you don't have to do that. That's the spiritual battle I told you about the other day. Most of your spiritual battles are going to be fought inside you. I can easily walk away from you or beat you up. I was joking. I can easily do that. I can't walk away from me. That's where all this stuff happens in here. That's my spiritual warfare. And the Bible says I am constant. It's a fight until you're dead. I'm constantly warring against what's inside me, he says in Galatians. He says, uh, uh, the spirit wars against the flesh, and the flesh against the spirit. To where the things that I want to do, I can't do. Why? Because I'm constantly fighting. That's why Paul said in Romans 7, oh, wretched man that I am. He said, the things that I know I'm supposed to be doing, I never do. Things that I know I shouldn't be doing, I find myself doing all the time. Oh, wretched man by them. But he didn't stop that thanks God. He said, but thanks be to God. That's why we, we have a thanks be to God, God. Thanks be to God. Then he said in Romans the 8th chapter, verse 1, he said, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. None. So because of that, what are you going to do, church? let stop. Plain, plain church, and let's be the church. Let's take them home and, and challenge ourselves on a daily basis. Let's stop acting like if I just say, la, la 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 loud enough it'll go away. Let's turn to God and say, God, I am, I'm failing you every day. I'm like the man in the Bible, he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Don't let me just keep on just sinning, just sinning. But, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me in my struggle. And, Lord, let me take each day at a time. One day, I'm going to encourage everybody, I'm going to close, I'm going to encourage everybody to do this. Take this scripture home with you. A lot of you know it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek that first. Seek God first. If you don't know how to do it, let's talk about it. But if you need to seek God first, the first place you need to start is, who is God? What is his kingdom, the church? What did he do for the church? Well, he sent his son down on this earth to die for the whole world that his church may be saved. And because of that, when he lived, he lived a perfect, sinless life, but he died. And they didn't take it from him because he's too strong for that. He said, they don't take my life from me. He said, I lay it down only to pick it up. Why? For you. How old are you? 20. God knew you was going to be born the day Jesus died, and he did it for you. What's your name? Gage. And he's a good-looking fellow, too, ladies. He died for you. So you got to remember and live your life as though God is looking at you. And waiting on you because he has stuff for you, Gage. You're not just floating around here like any other 20-year-old. God has something for you. You're a Christian? Amen. Take God everywhere. He has something for you. And don't think he's just floating around. He's waiting on you. That's what you could do for him. The rest of your life, God, why am I here? Show me, Lord, how to do this. I don't know how, Lord, I'm confused, I do this, I get frustrated. But, Lord, don't take your eyes off me. Keep me, God, keep me. Take him with you. Let him take you, and he will take you places that you never knew exist. But the best place he's going to take you is with him in eternity and home, in heaven. Keep that, my brother, keep that. God bless all of you. Let's respond to his gospel faithfully. If you put him on in baptism, if you heard the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, if you heard that message, do you believe it? If you believe it, the Bible says to confess that he is the son of God and to repent. That means turn to him and be baptized to have your sins washed away and to be filled with his spirit, the Holy Ghost, and added to his family, the church. Whew. Then the Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, walk in the light, gay. As he is in the light. And the fellowship of Jesus Christ will cleanse us. You want that. We ask you to come forward as we together stand and sing the song of invitation.